Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Thank you for listening. If you are enjoying the show, please do rate and review and subscribe. I know every podcast asks you to do that. Sorry. It just, it genuinely helps other people find the show because it goes up in the chart and then that means more people listen and that means we can carry on making more episodes. So it's, it's really appreciated. And if you have done it already, thank you. I'll read all the comments and it's, it's, it's just incredibly touching to know it's helping in any way, shape or form. So thank you. If you are into podcasts, I'm a guest on the very brilliant Adam Buxton's podcast this week. Um, He was actually the first guest we had on Griefcast. And if you haven't listened to his episode, I recommend it. He's just wonderfully funny and heartbreakingly honest about uh, his dad dying at his home when he was very elderly. So I'd recommend listen. Um, Yeah, I'm a guest on his show this week talking about grief. Of course I am. But I'm also talking about some other lighter stuff. So if you want, I don't know, something a little bit more lighter after the grief go there but if you're looking for more grief stay tuned we've also been nominated for two british podcast awards um so you can vote for us in the listener's choice if you head to the british podcast awards website you can vote for us there and again that would be hugely appreciated by the team which is me and kate so we would really like that thank you This week, I'm talking to comic and DJ Tom Price. Tom is an award-winning stand-up. He hosts BBC Wales' brilliant weekly satirical show, The Leak. You can hear him regularly on Magic FM, or you might have seen him on Torchwood, Victoria, Episodes, or even Midsummer Murders. Tom came in to talk to me about his dad, who died when he was 13. Welcome to Griefcast. I'm here today with Tom Price, DJ and comic. I always say it so badly every episode. I'm like, and that's what you do. I thought you would do this bit when I wasn't here. Yeah. I'd prefer it if no, can it's I not, leave the room while you do this. It's not the introduction bit. bit, it's just the bit of the game where I just say at least say your name. Yeah. Who are we remembering today? So remembering my dad. Your dad. My What's dad. your dad's name? Like my dad know. well, he was called Richard, mm-hmm. but he went by he went by the uh, went by the dick. He went by he Dick. Went dick. He the went Monaco dick. dick. He was a dick and uh, he was also a dicky. Oh, Dicky, that's oh, lovely. Oh, gosh, so posh. I mean, that is an overriding theme here. My posh background is going to, in the story of my sort of right, what poshness, happened. Yeah. Well, poshness. Let's not let's not go with poshness. Quite um, uh, middle class is the new euphemism for when you when you've lucked out in life. It was very middle class, but I grew up in a very nice town in South right, Wales. Right. Okay. Yeah. And um, my dad had this kind of he had several lives going on. Right. All very big. Okay. He was a big guy in in, the and town. he's he's Welsh. Uh, he was uh, he was born in Lydney in Forest of Dean, but okay. grew up in in, in South Wales. So okay. he counted himself as Welsh. He and whereabouts in South Wales? Wales? Just so okay. uh, Monmouth, Monmouth town, just over the border, just over the border, safely nestled <laughs> in the armpit below Hereford. Um, so my dad, so in in Monmouth life, in that in that sort of, he's like his mum was mayor of the town. Wow. And uh, he was Dick. That's why he was known as Dick. And to all his, it's very hard not to giggle when you say it, <laughs> even now. Um, and uh, to all his his business life, his working life, which all happened in London, he was Dicky. He was Dicky. Oh, okay. um, I think I've got that the right round. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. But the point is, he had these two different names, and he was very, very clinical about that. Oh, I see. And uh, yeah, each life was massive. So his 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 business life was. Um, 
He worked for a, a thing called the CBI, which is the, the Confederation of British Industry, right? Oh, right. which is this pseudo political organisation which looks after. It's like a trade union, but for the bad guys. They yeah, look. They look after yeah. the the bosses. That's oh. their thing. So he was an economist, um, and um, he was on all sorts of boards of trade and all these things. Like yeah. Massive, massive life. And then he'd come back every weekend. So he was away in the week. And then I'd see him on the weekends. Oh, I see. Home. So he this is when you're. So he didn't choose to move his family. He did not choose to move his family. Because it's just really reminding me of my grandfather mm. from Bridgend, Bertie, yeah, moved the family. That's yeah. why I'm in London. Uh-huh. And he was a solicitor, but then he worked for the Port of London Authority wow, and okay. had, again, Bertie, big life in London, but right. he moved. Everybody. It sounds like he London. loved his family. As opposed to well, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> I don't know. I um, think he wanted the family to fit the picture. To be honest, yeah, it's like for you know for the purposes of wife display. and children. For yeah, my dad just didn't do that. And, and, and this is and this is a big part of the story of my dad. Uh, very really not a happy marriage with right. my mum, uh, who who I lived with. Um, and uh, yeah, it was. It was really bad. <laughs> so you were, was that from like? Do you remember him ever being at home, or was it always yeah, he yeah, went yeah. off? Like he always went off. He was at home, but it was always temporary. He was constantly. Uh, he would go on a Sunday night. He'd drive back to London, and he'd right. arrive either on a Friday night or a Saturday morning. Wow. And I know, looking back now, it's so weird. Yeah. yeah. And when I think of like, yeah, it's just so. How did he do that? Um, and uh, so everything was temporary. The only time I'd spend a lot of time with him was in the summer. We'd go out to France. And just the two of us would spend three weeks together, three oh, weeks wow. together which was great. Um, but apart from that, everything was on a, a on a, a time-limited basis. Yeah. And you've got two older brothers. So I've got two older brothers. And, and that kind of feeds into what happened as well, because uh, they're eight and ten years older than me. Oh, wow. Yeah, so quite a big gap. Yeah, I'm a massive accident. Massive. <laughs> as my, as my mum said to me when uh, my wife was pregnant with our first child, my mum phoned me up and she was saying how excited she was. And she said, it was amazing, really, because, of course, I was told to have an abortion when I was pregnant with you. It's like, great. <laughs> Thanks for adding that little, that little, little float that into my... And this is, if you've ever seen The Sopranos, the mum in The Sopranos, Tony right. Soprano's mum, I think it's Lillian Soprano, there's, a, there's an element of narcissism going on there, right? right? Which okay. she's, uh, she's okay. She knows that. It's, you know, she's still alive and kicking. Hopefully she won't listen to this. Um, <laughs> I don't think she has a technical ability. So we'll, yeah. I was going to say, sometimes you don't need to worry because I can't figure out podcasts. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> there's no way. What, what is it? Is it like a text message? No. Um, so, uh, yes, yeah, so she um, uh, had me much later than everyone else. Also, another element to the story as well. Gosh, there's so much stuff going on here. My mum has cerebral palsy. Wow. Uh, very, quite mild. Hence yeah. why she was okay to have kids and stuff like that. Um, and also she was an alcoholic as well, which I wow. talked about in an Edinburgh show a couple of years ago. So there's quite a lot of uh, levels of stuff going on here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so then I was born in, in 1980. And by the time various bits of feces started to hit the fan in the late 80s. My brothers left, they went off to university and started their oh, lives. Wow. Kind of like with me by myself, yeah. just left there. Suddenly almost like an only child. And like an, exactly like an only child, but with yeah. several dads. Because yeah, you had yeah. my dad and then my brothers. Um, and then my dad died in 1993. Um, 93, wow. So you were 13. Yeah, isn't that like the worst age? Apparently? Is that <sighs> the worst one or not? I, well, I mean, I was 15. Yeah. And then, I don't know, Beth Rylance who came on, she was one. I always one. think that trumped everything I'd ever said because I was like, her mum died when she was one. Oh, mum. Oh. Yeah, and I sort of thought, yeah, all right. That. That's really I know bad. we say there's not a hierarchy. We always say, there's not a hierarchy, there's not mm. a hierarchy. But that day I definitely thought. It's amazing. I was once doing, I was, I was working at um, Madame <clears throat> Two Swords as a, as a <laughs> I was a, uh, 
I was pretending to be a, the guy who makes the models. Oh, amazing. Right, with yeah. a bunch of actors. And it turned out that of the other eight actors, six of them were in something which they called the DDC, the Dead Dads Club. This is like 2002, so I was only 22 at the time, and I kind of still felt a certain sense of specialness and ownership over this incredible <laughs> thing that I had, this crown of sadness. And I was like... What? What is a club? <laughs> Hang on a second. Yeah, I was livid. And then they would all compare the ages at which their dads uh, died. And there was yeah. a very clear hierarchy. And they talked about it in such a factual, wow. gallows humour kind of way. It was quite good for me, I think. That's really good. It was good. At and that unusual. stage, I was still... Yeah, yeah. Um, but I suppose if you get that many of you together... It's inevitable. You just start going, oh, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, we all know how we feel. Yeah. But we talk about that a lot on the podcast and on Twitter of, yeah, the, the DDC or the DMC. Yeah. Because... And or like when I had Amy Hoggart on as well, we were particularly her dad died, but also the same thing my dad died of pancreatic okay. cancer. So yeah. we were like even more in the like DDC PC. <laughs> and were there very specific memories that you had when when like did their illnesses? Yeah, there was play just a lot of similar way. stuff that was just like oh right yeah, yeah it's just that thing of looking for your tribe isn't it? Yeah, but that's interesting that you said you had never felt you'd been part of a tribe before, so you always thought it was your kind of unique. Yeah, I did definitely. So when it happened to you, because what happened to me. I lost my dad when I was 15, but I had friends at school that also lost their dads. Oh, really? Okay. So then I didn't feel, I felt like, oh, obviously there wasn't loads of us. I think there was three girls in the same class. Did you bond with them? Yeah, definitely. And one, I'm still very good friends with and we still have that, like, gallows humour about everything. Yeah, yeah. But, like, when you were at school then. So you were at school at 13, secondary y- school. Yeah, so I was at secondary school. Um, and uh, I think the other big thing, the other sort of important thing to know about this sort of the story is that um, small town... The school, a private school, was a big part of the community. Like it's the, my my dad went there, you know, yeah. in the fifties or whatever it was. My, both my brothers went there. They knew all the teachers. My gran was a governor on the school. Before, like that thing, which yeah. you know, I don't want people to think that I'm kind of going listen to the layers of my privilege because I'm sure that that is <laughs> you know it's a lucky what a brilliant thing that I went to a fee paying school and all that stuff. But it was fairly horrific yeah in itself anyway irrelevant of of my dad dying but when when my dad died this whole kind of community thing and it was just really badly handled it it, mm. it just like teachers i didn't know saying i'm your dad now i'm going to be like your dad now i remember one of them saying it to me at, Span- at the end of a spanish lesson <laughs> six weeks after he died and i'm what? sitting there i went back to school like 20 minutes after he died as well like oh no God. time. I remember back at school like three days later, and he died quickly. It wasn't it wasn't a long drawn out thing. He was ill for like two weeks. Yeah. So what happened? So he was he so was a healthy up until this point. Yeah, he was quite healthy. He was in his late forties. Um, he was right. quite overweight. Um, and he got meningitis. Oh my God. Yeah, he got meningitis, and his his um, it, it kind of came on, and he then then they thought they had it, and and in that way that it's just a giant infection. They thought yeah. the infection had died down. They sent him home. <sighs> Was this in London or Mumma? In London. Oh, my Yeah, God. so this all happened at a distance to me. You know, oh, da- my your dad's God. Ill and I was like, oh, okay. I was sort of carrying on with this vague sense of it. You know, hushed conversations yeah. going on. Um, my mum uh, just sort of, you know, drinking her way through it and not really aware of it. I knew he was ill and I spoke to him. And which actually turns out it was the last time I ever spoke to him on the phone, and he had a lot, he sustained a lot of brain damage, so he had a really bad kind of. Um, <laughs> this is the cold. Um, he had, he couldn't really talk properly, and that was the last time I spoke to him. And then he went back into um, hospital like two days later, and then he died. So, so yeah, he just quick. Yeah, so he they just suddenly caught meningitis and yeah it was so, a cold it was like a cold I think it can happen it was a cold that got out of hand or something and oh like it's, it's also what's amazing is it's meningitis which 
think I'm right in saying this, the strand of which they've now got a vaccine for. Yeah, they vaccinate babies for it. Now. So I vaccinate yeah. my kids for it, yeah. which is just like, oh, what a moment. So he went back in, and then it, and then the shit hit the fan. Then I got the, you know, I was in, um, what lesson was it? I was in Latin. So you, oh God, oh my God, you were literally this in This is such a private school like... cliche, isn't it? I'm in Latin. <laughs> and the deputy master came in. The deputy master was also one of my dad's best friends. This is how ingrained and yeah. like, this whole idea of the school being a family. It's like, meh, it just means everyone knows your business, and, and it's, there's no... There's no hiding place, I there's guess. no hiding place for it. If it's not handled well, I guess, as yeah. well. I mean, like, if it's handled great, brilliant, you've got also, support. Everyone knew my business, but no one really cared if, no. I, if I can go that far. No one ever really sat me down. Lots of people went, listen, boy, we know what you're going through. Yeah. All the best. And you're like, great. So who do I go to? Who do I actually go and sit and weep in front of? Because yeah. there really wasn't anyone. That's really interesting that you said that, because everyone at my school knew, because I live next door to my um, like head of year and history yeah. teacher. Right. So I'm like, my mum now works at that school as well. And my brother went to that school. So it's mm-hmm. very involved. Yes, yeah. And I'm, I'm not a state school, but um, I mean, a middle class North London state school. Right, okay. <laughs> and... Um, I remember a lot of teachers saying, we know what you're going through. Yes. But I felt exactly the same, like, and? What are you going to do what, what does that mean? Yeah. And then... If you need, if you need anything. Well, yeah. But I always, I always felt really frustrated because I was like, but you're asking me to ask? I don't know. Yes. I want you to say... Yes. I want you to ask me, like, how are you feeling? Or do you miss your dad? Like, to ask a question? Because I remember being like, yeah. everyone's expecting me to suddenly know how to verbalise it. And I don't know what to say. I just know I feel all these things. I don't know yeah. what to do with them. Like, so true. No, no one me. took ownership of it in that yeah. way. Yeah. My mum wasn't really capable of it. My brother's it's just that kind of repressed thing as well, which makes me mad now. Yeah. But um, that idea that, you know, I can remember the teacher who I really liked saying, if you ever need anything, let me know. And he went out of his way to say that, but he never did anything else again. Yeah. And it's like... You have to understand, like, there were several times where I thought, God, I'd love to just say, can I talk to you? Yeah. But I would never do that. I want, year old yeah. boy. <laughs> like, I want you to say... You have to come get me. You do have you want to, to talk productive. about it? And then if I say nothing, I want you to go, you must be feeling pretty sad. It must be like, I want, yeah. I want you to start the conversation because I don't know how to, because I'm not a grown-up and go, yeah, you know what? I've been feeling... Yeah, exactly. like, you don't I know. can do it now. 25 years later, yeah. I can just about do it now. Exactly. But at the time, no one... No one did that. I guess, yeah, they and, don't and that's have the, the training either, do they? So they right, don't know. of course. And this is why I'm so excited when I see there's there's some great charities now who are around for um, yeah, like Winston's yeah. Wish and stuff like that for helping kids um, go through bereavement because back then there was no system. There was, no one was trained up to deal with it and it was deeply traumatic. And that's what annoys me, I guess, about this whole this community of people around me. It's a very populated stage, but no one is talking to me. There's lots of people making the right noises and putting the right faces and putting their arm around me, but no one's... No one's really there. No. So you're in Latin. And the I'm in Latin. Comes. There's a knock on the door. And uh, your father's very ill. You've got to go to London now. So I went and met my mum. So you went to London? So we got on the train, went <gasps> to London. So even now when I pull into Paddington, because I go to yeah. Cardiff a lot for work, I pull into Paddington and I'm still like, huh? isn't that amazing? Years later no, I still... I completely understand. There's a road that is where the hospital to where my dad died yeah. and every time I'm it's like in Hertfordshire every time I think I think the flip yeah oh this is the road that goes to the hospital like yeah and it, and it sneaks up on you and, yeah. it, and it gets you but Paddington's annoying you must have to <laughs> use Paddington. Paddington a lot yeah I rode in Hertfordshire I mean sure but this is we're yeah. talking zone one <laughs> exactly, mainline yeah. station one of the monopoly big guys here <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yeah it was it was and then we got in a black cab my first time in a black cab oh, great well, so, exciting you know, that was exciting yeah, well, that's good isn't it yeah. um, and then my dad was in a hospital on Harley Street and uh, he was in intensive care and we sort of gathered around and um, everyone was there obviously my mum and, and my brothers and um, we 
had to just sort of, they were just sort of letting the illness take its course. They didn't know what to do with it because it was encephalitis. His brain, they God. were trying to, they didn't know what to do with this swelling. I was yeah. reading, I remember sitting there, I was reading a Nick Faldo biography. <laughs> Great golfer, guys. <laughs> One of the best golfers. Not least because he had a um, caddy called Fanny, which I always enjoyed a lot <laughs> as a 13-year-old boy. Ask Fanny. Um, and uh, I was reading that in this little waiting room downstairs in this basement. And I remember Toby, my middle brother, taking me upstairs. Like, I, you know, I love my brothers, but I cannot talk to Toby about emotions mm. at all, at all. And I remember him taking me upstairs and we were sitting in the waiting room there. And it's really, it's, it looks nice. And um, I'm sort of sitting on this big leather chair. And I said, is he going to be okay? And I remember him saying, he probably might die. Oh, God. <laughs> he probably might die. He Those are the words. He probably might die. Oh, Tom. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I was like, as ever, was my face is covered by my hands. <laughs> so I'm just like, I feel for you, because obviously... Uh, no one's explained because we don't talk about death no one's explained to your brother how how should you tell your little brother no. but that's a very unemotional yeah. and, response but, isn't it yeah, how old was he he was 23 yeah like of course like, what the fuck does he know he was a grown, in my head he was 50 years old but yeah. he was 23 years old that's what I think is hard with being a teenager and obviously you're only just a teenager at 13 mm. everybody seems like very much like grown ups and you think yes. why are you not behaving like I'm like, I, like an adult in this situation yeah. like I remember me being like why has everyone gone mental mm. like mm. You're supposed to be the ones that know what, but obviously death affects everybody. Yeah, but, as, but you as don't realise You're like, no, I want you guys to be stable, please. Yeah. But that is part of the, it does lead to the, the, the inward nature of grief and going through it. Yeah. It just turns you in on yourself so much and you cannot understand why everyone else isn't in there with you. Yeah. You feel so like, why don't you, why are you all being mad? You need to all be helping me and you become a monster, really. Yeah. You can become a real diva and it's, you know, it's not a done thing to say, God, people who are grieving are pricks. But they are. They can be <laughs> massive dildos. And I think it needs to be acknowledged. No, it's really true because it's like, obviously, because you know, obviously you're feeling so much that you can't see anything else. And you, you don't... And, you know... It's and the Truman is, Show. You're sitting yeah, in the Truman Show. Yeah, it is. And obviously, that's totally understandable who you're feeling, but I do think that is that is a truth to that, that you... Yeah. Your tolerance of things goes... And, yeah. and sometimes that's great. Sometimes you get rid of the bullshit in your life, but also sometimes if people... Yeah, if anybody else feels anything, you're like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're, oh, you <laughs> fell over? I don't care. Yeah, exactly. I don't care. And you're like... Yeah. It's so true. And then it's as you so sort true. of come through the process, you start going, oh, yeah, maybe I can think about someone else's pain because your pain is so overwhelming. Yeah. So you're sat outside the room. Yes. Were you there when he died? So not quite, no. We went in and uh, we uh, we all went in. We were asked to go in. All of a sudden, we're sitting there. I'm reading about Nick Faldo and his fanny. And suddenly... I'm like, put the book down, which is always irritating. I'm like, all oh, right, okay, we're going in, are we? And we all gathered around, we all spoke to him. And did you, did he, was he able to speak back or was he no, kind of, no, no completely? No. And then, you know, oh, I can't remember the things that were being said as well. It's just, what on earth do you say? How on earth yeah, do you put that on a 13 year old boy? like, bye bye, <laughs> all the best. I just, I mean. I know, I've talked about that 50. I regret what I said, but also, yes. what could I have said? I don't, yes. although I do think, oh, I wish I'd said something different, like your son's son the fuck could I have said? On earth. It was really late at night as well. It was like, you know, two in the morning or something. And I just sort of... Oh, God. It must have been so confusing to come from Monmouth Mm. to this big city and be in that place and be like... Yeah. I don't know what... Like, all of this looks very important, but this is not my world. And, yeah, it was. And and just to see... I don't know, to see the reality of an apps of... I was quite an anxious kid anyway, for various Mm. other reasons, before he died. 
And I would, I would often, I, in fact, there was a diary entry because my dad was nearly on the Zebrugge. Do you remember the ferry disaster? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad was due to get on that ferry oh and his car God. broke down. Oh, my God. I know, this is kind of like, I know what he did last summer. Yeah. Like, the ferry didn't get him. Meningitis absolutely nailed <laughs> it. Um, but he um, he didn't get on the ferry, but we, for an hour and a half, two hours, we thought he had died in that. And that was like two or three years before, maybe more. And I can remember that panic and that terror, me and my brothers and my mum running around the house screaming, thinking he was on this ferry. Oh and, and that sort of echoed with me anyway. So to then sit there, watching it actually happen. Yeah. An actual pillar of your life. I wouldn't even say pillar. Like... This massive character. Yeah. This guy was a raconteur. This guy was, he knew everybody. Everyone in the town, it was really, this is almost, almost Downton-esque in the sense yeah. that everyone knew him and would talk to him about his mum, who was the mayor, and all this stuff. And this guy is disappearing in front of you. God. And you're just like, wow. Was it strange to see, because I've talked about this well, like my dad was, again, big character. And yeah. a, all, like the thing that I found weird in the hospital was that he wasn't moving. Mm. Like I'd never seen him still. Yeah. And that's what I, because someone said to me, because he wasn't, when they're not old, you're not watching like a frailty, you're watching no. something that's very strong and loud, suddenly yeah. not being that. And that yeah. is a very. It's a racing horse. Yeah. But it's just yeah. paused. And also the size of them. I remember yeah. the size of my dad's coffin. Oh, God. Oh, Christ, he's huge. And yeah. the people carrying it. He's a big guy. He was bigger than me. And he was like 16 stone. He was massive. Oh, my um, God. He did, but they, they were trying, yeah, I remember they were trying to um, see if he was conscious, so they were, they were tickling his foot. Oh, yeah, yeah, was. yeah. Um, and then, so then we did that, we, we kind of said our goodbyes. God, it's so weird to think that's what we were doing. Um, yeah, and then we just sort of went outside, uh, back, to the, back to that waiting room. And then I think, yeah, we went back to the waiting room, and then, and then my brothers were with him when he actually died. Oh, so yeah, Guy and Toby yeah. took that one. Yeah, they, yeah. They came back in and said he's gone. And then, was it... So then you went back to school, you said, like, three days later. We, we drove back, like, the next day. With, Toby drove, and I was in the car with um, a, a friend of the family who was the wife of the deputy headmaster from the school. Who's a, you know, wonderful, wonderful woman, and she's been great and stuff, but, you know, there you are again. Um, and, uh, yeah, we drove all the way back to school, uh, to Monmouth, and then I remember getting back and, and um, one of my dad's best friends coming over and... The look of thunder on his face, storming around the house, drawing all the curtains. Oh, because <laughs> someone hadn't drawn the curtains. Because we were going into mourning, apparently. It was just like this preposterous man fighting all the curtains. Curtains in this room that had never been drawn before were being drawn. It was like... Well, to him, so that must weird. have been like, that's the that's the only thing I can do is draw curtains. That's all I can do is draw curtains. Why has no one done this? Like... Didn't say anything to any of us. It's oh, God. Fussell, his name was. It's completely crazy. He's a guy who used to, he's, he's my dad's friend, he used to play that game from Alien, you know, with a knife. With knife, fingers. fingers yeah. He would sit there chatting to you. But he would do it. His version was he would just let his fingers get stabbed and not react. He was a bit of a psychopath. Um, <laughs> and he would just, he just went around the house drawing the curtains. And that was the first thing that happened when we got home. Oh so I just remember God. thinking, well, I can't do anything now. It's just dark. I can't even read a book. <laughs> can't read Nick Faldo. Can't read Nick Faldo. Um, and it's just, I mean, that's the other thing as well. I think that's a really big thing. Boredom. You know, yeah. maybe that's why I went back to school. Maybe it was a good thing to go back to school. But. I can see why they do send kids back to school because it's normality and it's something yeah. you know and getting back into it. I can see the What did thinking. you do then? Did you go back straight back? Uh, well, it was my GCSEs two weeks later. Mm. I remember hearing that yeah. before, yes. Yeah. So it was a really weird... I was actually in the middle of study leave, I think. Are we about to hit study leave? Didn't you get loads of extra time there? I bet you got great, great grades. <laughs> A friend at the time was like, I did get very good grades. I did. And somebody did say something at the time. And I was like, um, what? 
what they said was, I didn't get extra time, but no. I think what they were... You're not, you're not suddenly dyslexic. You're grieving. Yeah, I'm grieving. So exactly. You just want to put DDC at the top of the paper <laughs> and they're going to let you get everything. Just put some teardrops on the paper. There was something that it would be taken into consideration that yeah, my dad Straight, straight A stars, bang. <laughs> well, they said, they said to, I, oh, I'll be honest, they said mm-hmm. to me that if I was on the borderline, it would be bumped up. Right, okay. So, and I... I did get some A stars, but I got some A's. And a friend at the time said something to me, like, oh, that's why you got it. And I remember thinking, well, excuse me, it I mean, might be why I got the A stars, but like, they would have been A's anyway. It's fair enough. I can make that joke 20 years later, or yeah, however exactly. many years later it is. Yeah, I know. At the time, that's a bit hard. That's a bit I raw. know, bless. I think God, must have been so, that must have been awful to go straight into yourself. Just, well, the one thing was, I just didn't care. How yeah. could I care? And all my friends were obviously like, oh my God, GCC's. I just couldn't. Yeah. I did. And my mum said to me, do you want to... Do you want to take them? Like, mm. do you want to just leave it? And I was like, no, let's get them out of the way. Let's just do it. Yeah. I've been spending two years studying. How did you revise in those three weeks I you had didn't. before them? No. I didn't give a you shit. Can't, no, you I can't didn't, sit still. No. I remember l- trying to, you know, looked at my notes a bit yeah. to be like, oh, okay, what happened? You know, what what happened in the Russian Revolution? <laughs> let's at least <laughs> let's get the basics. Get the basics, yeah, 1970. Yeah. All right, sure, let's, sure. let's go. And um, But I didn't care. And I think no. that's why I did do well. Because I wish I, I didn't had care. More of that. I've never had that. I remember Chris Evans doing an interview years ago about his dad dying when he was thirteen and saying how it made him fearless in the face of everything. Oh, you didn't have the since. fearless thing. Yeah, I definitely. Had, no, I've just had even more of the fear. See, I've now got more of the fear. Like I was an anxious Why? child, right? And I became. It made me more anxious. Yeah. But definitely for about five years, I was untouchable. Oh, I'd love to have had that. Yeah, it was quite fun. Oh, it's brilliant. I really didn't care about anything I, I couldn't care less if what you thought about me okay at all it was just like I was like you know but then once you get through those five years yeah. you start thinking oh shit what if what mm. if this happens now because you start realizing life's carried on I, I didn't have it because I the these kind of um values of that small town world was so part and parcel of my dad I had to live up to them in a kind of yeah, maybe you had a lot more pressure on you. My brother had mm. a lot of pressure on him as well. Like, well, now you're going to be a man. Is he older? Yeah. Oh, right. So how old was he when you did that? He was 19. Oh, God, yeah. So, there was so now lot... you're, basically not, you're not 19 anymore, you're 40. Yeah, yeah. They all treat him like he's 40 and he mm. tried to take over my dad's business. And it's really, yeah. <gasps> oh, my God, that's a nightmare. Yeah, it was an absolute nightmare. Because they were like, well, yeah, Tom's going to do it. That makes sense. And mm. it's just men- mental. But I imagine that if you're already, it was a boys' school, right, that you went through? Yeah. So you're already in boys' school world. Yeah. Two brothers who yeah. are also like, Perhaps it is just like that automatic male pressure becomes like, right. Yeah, I think so. And another big thing about it was that I really, um, which I don't anymore, but I really believed he was in the afterlife. Like I passionately believed Mm. in that until I was like 24, 25. I really Uh. believed in God. And I really believed that he was there with me, which was, I don't think that's, I don't, I'm not a fan of that now as an approach. Like I'm. It's hard when you lose it. I also had a very strong belief and then I lost it. And then I think that sucks, doesn't it? Because you think you've had a bit of comfort, then the comfort's yeah. taken away. How could I not? How could I not believe in the afterlife after that happened? So yeah. it did provide comfort, sure, but at the same time, it kind of it, it doesn't because it's you, you're on the phone to someone who's not answering back the whole time. Yeah. You, you're praying and you're you're thinking about this person and you're sort of guessing what they're saying back to you. It's just you've got this fantasy going in your head. It's a fiction, whereas yeah. the reality is hard at first, but over time is a better way to do it. How did you feel at 24 then, or when you sort of lost your faith? Um, that was a big part of the hurdle for me. I mean, it was a complete cliche. I read The God Delusion and was just like, what a cliche. What a, <laughs> what a loser. But I did, and it was brilliant, and it changed everything. But um, I, I felt... Uh, 
I felt sad. But then since since getting older, I, my relationship with my dad, and it's you still, I think when you're grieving someone, you still have to talk about your relationship with them because it yeah. changes even though they're not there. Yes, that because especially I think if, well, I think it happens anyway, whatever age you are, but if you're 13 or 15, yeah. you really change. So the, the difference between, like, say your dad dies at 30 and then you're 40, yeah. that's not as big a leap as what we've been through. Like, no, 13, as people, we've changed so exactly. much. Changed so much. And, and um, yeah, just kind of changed like how I evaluate what, his, what choices he made in his life at mm. the time. So how do you feel about that now? Um, yeah, I'm like... I feel a lot of anger towards him. Yeah. And I feel like I'm not a massive fan, if I'm honest. Which my did brothers you don't when really you were know. younger? Did you hold him a bit more as like super dad? Was he kind of like when you were younger? Yeah, was he, he was. kind of like he was just super cool? He was beyond. Was he cool? No, but he was. He was just like the 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 ideal, I guess, that you aspired to. He was he was loud and he he was a raconteur. Like he yeah. would tell stories all the time. Like he made people laugh. Oh, I wonder why I've ended up what I do for, <laughs> what I do for a living. Um but he you know, I remember someone saying, a family a family friend saying, you should really go over with your brothers all the stories you used to tell and write them all down. It's like, no, I, I'm not gonna do that. That's <laughs> just like what? That'd be so annoying. Um to try and remember them all. But I remember that actually really stuck with me because I felt like that's another thing that's passed away here. That's another thing that's yeah. gone. Another loss. Another level to it. Like his, all his, oh, the, the showbiz of him. You know, yeah. he was a showbiz economist in a way. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't sort of doubt him. But I was just starting to when he died. There were various things that happened that I won't go into. But it made me kind of feel like eh, I'm not sure you you are. The, that perfect human being. That was just yeah. beginning. Then he died, um, which is normal at thirteen anyway. Yes, exactly. I think you start looking at your parents and be like, oh, "Yeah, are you, are you guys uh, all right?" Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure you've made some great decisions here. But then the whole living in London thing and just various things. Just has that happened since? Because you've got two kids. Mm. So as you become a dad, have you started really going? Massive part yeah. of it. Massive part of it. Because before you have kids, you just think that was the way it was. Those were the decisions that my parents. It's amazing that, that what it does to you in that way. That the world is as it is until you have kids, and then you go, oh no, there are a series of events that have made it this way, yeah. and people have chosen to make it that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and you look back on it and go, I can't. When I'm away for a few weeks away from my kids. I don't. I can't bear it. So yeah. like, and the importance of having us both around and all these things. Like, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? And all the arguments. Like, yeah, let's go back to that fact as well. My mum and dad had a terrible, terrible marriage, mm. and the arguments and the the bitterness and the feuds that were going on. It's like, why did you do that in front of me? Why did you do all those things? So I do. I, do, I have a lot of problems with him, which is, in a way, you know. Oh God, it sounds really brutal, but I feel like. I spent I spent enough time grieving him and um, worshiping him, mm. and now I've just moved on, which is like ultra. I'm just moving. I'm moving no, on to the I next think one. that's right. I, I think it, I think you just go through different things because my relationship with my dad was not good at fifteen. No. So, I mean, I was like, we were proper like teenage daughter dad not getting on you know yeah. that kind of stereotypical fuck you I thought it was, you know I'd say he was a twat to his face all the really? time. Really? Wow, yeah, like okay. we. It wasn't great. Yeah. And so when he died. I had that a lot of guilt about yeah the guilt I'd been how angry I had been to him. And when did you lose the guilt? As you've got older. No, I think I think maybe we've rever- like what's interesting what you're saying. I've reversed a little bit of like I've become a much softer to how I see him to how mm. I did when he was alive because I've started to go. I think you were doing your best, and I think actually yeah. a lot of stuff I was very angry with you about. I would have done that. Like, right, and, I right, have a, right. and we have a re- the problem was we we're very similar. Yeah. Whereas my brother, 
has gone the other way. Like, yeah, he's much more, there's still stuff he's like, what the fuck did he do that? Like, and I feel like I've, because I was so angry, I feel like I've spent my life grieving trying to get less angry. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So, because I never worshipped him, ever. I never, ever. Oh, really? Even as a kid? Even before the teen thing? Oh, wow. Even as a kid. Really? Yeah. Because you were so similar, you just... I think we're really similar and he really wanted me to worship him. He really wanted me to be daddy's little girl and I was like, oh, mate. (laughs) Jog on. <laughs> too much, too needy. <laughs> like, how, what, don't, what? That's a hard, tough crowd. That's interesting. Yeah. So, what, he, he was a bit like a beta dad in that sense. He was a bit like, oh, come on, come and sit on, come with daddy. Look, no, he, he was like, he, you know, he sounds similar in one way. He was this, yeah, raconteur, this big character. Right. Because other people loved him, I was yes. a bit contrary. So, I was like, yeah. well, I'm not just going to give it to you just because everyone else says you're amazing. That's so good. I love that. <laughs> That's great. Harsh. Harsh, he, but like, Surely you have to realise that part of him would have loved that. Yeah, because true. That's true, actually. He's going to see himself. When you're doing yeah. that to him, he's like, yeah, she's just like me. I've never thought that, actually. That's interesting. Yeah, perhaps he did understand it a little bit. But yeah. also, he was away a lot for work. Oh, really? God, yeah. that's really similar. He was away what a lot. What did he do? So, oh, <laughs> oh, you know, when you, people don't realise when you get married, yeah. you have to put down what your dad does. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. And so I turned to my mum, I go, what did he do? She went, oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> And I said to my brother, who was, he, you know, I mean, it's registry office, but my brother, like, walked me in the room. I said, yeah. Tom, what do you do? And he went, oh, business. <laughs> you can't put business. That's like, that's a hashtag. Hashtag business. Like, that's... none of us really know. It was like marketing, consulting. No, it was like consulting. So it's like, what does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. It's business. Yeah. PR. When did he die? What year did he die? 98. 98, right. 98, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, yeah, not. Similar, same decade. Yeah. Do you um, count? Do you count the years? What do you? Do you like yes, when the I date do. comes in the year, are you like wow? Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about anniversary? So, what time of year was it then? December, just before Christmas. Happy oh, days. Oh no. Also, my brother decided to get married three weeks later. What? Your brother so, got married three weeks yeah, after your dad died. Brother, the, the wedding was all planned anyway. All oh, right. Okay. God, I thought it was it like, wasn't like. You know what we're gonna do, guys? Do you know what? Yeah. He, he, he <laughs> like that his, is mad. Host was fiance uh, in the hospital. Um, no, uh, they, it was all planned. Oh, my dad. Did not approve because they were two twenty three. Are they still together? They are very happily married. Oh, yes, they so are. They have three wrong. lovely kids, and he was wrong. Um, oh, that's nice. So yeah, but uh, so I'm going to this big family wedding three weeks later again. But that must have been like the main event is not here because yeah. I imagine they were all. Just, he would have been planning a speech. Right, and it would have been like, right. oh, what's Dickie going to do? All of those things, and then they, he, my brother sat me down before and said, "Listen, I've got some great news for you." I was like, "What oh, is it going to be?" Um, you're gonna sit on the head. You're gonna sit on the head table. You're gonna sit where your dad was going. <gasps> oh, my god. oh my god, Tom! No, it's the worst. What? I want to go back in time now. So and say, no, just don't do that. So you Please. have to sit next to your mum at like yeah. where your <laughs> my, what my alcoholic mum who is slowly getting shit faced because her husband died three weeks earlier. Her husband who she was We're about both to, covering our faces. Her husband both. who, and I'm happy to tell you this, was she was about to divorce. They were about oh to get divorced. They had divorce God. papers in the house, which had she signed, then uh, she, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's beyond Oh, my God. Belief. Um, so I'm at this wedding and... Do you know hate weddings? That would scar me. Oh, my God, maybe that's why I hate weddings. <laughs> it would really scar me. I hate people being happy. <laughs> that's what it is. Like, but I would just be like, yeah, any time at head table, I'd be like... There are so many levels of things that I haven't considered, but that is not... Yeah, maybe that's what. Maybe that's why I can sit in those those formal situations, and everyone was smiling and pretending to be having a good time, and it was just like, this "What is... are you doing?" I can't believe that they chose to get married. I I would have been like, "Should we? Should we? You know, 
put that on hold for a year. Doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter. No, we've got to get married. Um, Again, it's that sense of... um, there seems to be a real sense, forgive me if I'm wrong, in your family of like, mm. what's the word, like propriety. Yeah. You know, you do the right thing. This is the thing. This is the Duty. way it's done. Duty. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Duty and almost ritual, like social yeah. rituals that you go through. And like, That's what we do. Carry that's on. That's what we do. That's what the Price family does. And, and the whole time you've got this 13-year-old being dragged along, you know. And you must have been such a shining example of it not working. Like that must do you think because I think children sometimes reflect the truth, don't yeah. they? Yeah. So like I'm sure they were smiling and looking at your little face, being like, "Oh my god, this yeah. is bad. He shouldn't be here." <laughs> Keep smiling. Maybe somehow this will be okay. The other thing. I wonder if there were any adults there thinking, "Why? Who oh, sat him on? Who sat him on the head table? Why going, is this isn't okay? Why is he in the chair that his dad literally three weeks ago would have been preparing a speech to sit in? Like, why on earth is that 13 year old child sitting there? And again, I can see the logic of like, you know. You'd be sold to me as well. It yeah, was sold of course, to me. Sold to you like, oh, it's a nice thing. You're going to sit there with you, where your dad would have been. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But thinking, Briscoe, think how a ch- I think how you think I'm sitting in my dead dad's chair. Oh, yeah, like, exactly. It's like it's like, like being in the fucking coffin. It's just yeah. It's it was, it's like fucking Hamlet. I mean, it's just yeah. it's ridiculous. It's, I'm surprised no one got up and threw it, got the knife <laughs> yeah. out. Oh, Fuzzle got his knife out. Yeah, Fuzzle with his knife. <laughs> Didn't start doing a monologue. <laughs> exactly. You know, Fuzzle was too busy drawing the curtains in there. It was a very dark wedding. Um, yeah, it was just, it was completely, oh God, it was so awful. So, so awful. So that's obviously the time. So then moving yeah. forward, like, as your teenage years. Yes, how did you cope? Did you talk to people? Did you get offered counselling? No, did, no, no. And then I found myself uh, 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 just before I left Monmouth to go to uni, I found myself basically having a nervous breakdown. Wow! Just like fizzing, oh, just fizzing. The fizzing. Uh, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Just because like, you're you've got post traumatic stress. You've got yeah. a billion images a day rushing through my head. God. You know that that thing yeah. where and you can and, only imagine them sick. I was so glad when that ended. Like, yeah. well, for me, sick or ill—that's all I could see. I couldn't remember anything else. That is brutal. I was saved that because uh, he was, it was so quick. For yeah, him. That yeah, is, yeah. That's hard. But just so, like you said, the images are just like. Ugh. Yeah, they just they just haunt every day, several several hundred times a day. And at the same time, trying to get on with being a teenager and <sighs> just like. Did you have a girlfriend at the time that you talked to no, or anything like that? Not really. No. Did I, you joke about it? Were you like, oh yeah, my dad's dead. Or? Um. Not really. It just, it just didn't exist. Honestly, it was like yeah. he didn't exist. It really was. It was like he didn't exist, Carrie. It just kind of we just all moved on. Isn't that awful? But that was the only way that um, that it could be done. And it was, yeah, it was. It was. No one talked about it. And and the anniversary would come. My mum would get the date wrong. Like, like no, it's December second. Guys, my it's the second. Gets the date wrong. I mean, like, I can't come on. Get my head around it. We were all there. We were yeah. definitely all there. I can look. I can get my diary if you like. Um, yeah, it's just the minutiae of it. So what happens? So you you're leaving this very obviously closeted <clears throat> community and school. Yeah, very tight knit. Done for you. The, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then I just found myself going mad. So I went to see a doctor. I got a bit of counselling then. CBT, very basic stuff. I remember that my GP, Doctor Payne, brilliant for GP. <laughs> You, uh, I sort of sat down and you know, he knows my background he looked after my mum he's the one who's been giving my mum all these tablets for her various illnesses for the last 20 years uh, and I sit there and I'm like I shouldn't need to say a word yeah. I should just look at you and go I'm that guy with all the things so can you help and he just looked at me and went so what's wrong with you and I was like okay well I mean I can take you through my family history Dr Payne yeah. um, and he said oh, you think you're throwing yourself in the river are you I was like, you know, is that what he said? Yeah. Do you think you're throwing yourself in the river? I was like, no, I, I had that hadn't occurred to me. Oh my god! But now god. you've said that. I mean, sure. Yeah, I could do. I mean, Dr. I'm a terrible Payne. swimmer. Doctor Payne, what were you thinking? 
Um, so to be fair, he got me some stuff, but it didn't. It was too like two sessions. So then I went off to uni. And then again, I just I was a nervous wreck. The anxiety. Yeah. My God. Did you get that? Just... I just, I have had since, like, so I've been in counselling for a year now. Okay. And I'm only just realising how much I've suffered from anxiety. Like, I just yeah. thought it was me. I just thought, oh, I'm just, that's who I am. I just worry incessantly, have heart palpitations yeah. and think everyone's going to die. Yeah, it's like, that's normal, right? Like, we all feel like that. It's okay to get constant indigestion. That is normal, right? Oh my God, <laughs> to be, indigestion. To be constantly blew up because any second now the Grim Reaper might be knocking on the oh door. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I, like, as I've slowly come to terms with like, oh, I've had anxiety, whether that's for my dad or not for my, yeah. you know what I mean, you start looking back at your life and going, oh, I see when I re- when that was happening, that was anxiety. Like, yeah. that's what was going on. Just, so, But yeah, I mean, you know, it took me to my mid-30s to kind of start unpicking these things. Yeah, but at least you did it. I mean, I m- remember hearing stories about people in their 60s who just suddenly yeah. went, oh, it's because my mum died when I was 15. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so I went, I went off to Warwick and um, I uh, sort of got through it. Did and you have any counselling at uni? A little bit, but not really enough. And did you find that you didn't really talk about your dad? Did you find like you were, it was like... No, I couldn't. Yeah, that's what I, I had for ages. I can't really. I find it really hard. It was like, oh, I could talk about anxiety or these things over here, but to get to the root was quite difficult to be like, yeah. obviously it's because my dad fucking died. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But in the also the other thing that's tied up with, and maybe this is another reason, I mean, this is a big part of... The, the, the guilt thing, I haven't really talked about that. I yeah. felt tremendous levels of guilt for not feeling the right things when it happened. Oh, you yeah, know what I mean? That yeah. whole kind of, why am I not sadder? Why am I not? Why am I back at school and quite enjoying maths a week later? I should be feeling awful. I should be, all these things. Um, and all that fed into me, like, hating myself. Like, I had yeah. the worst self-esteem. And I can remember the, um, my uh, counsellor when I was at Warwick, when I went to my first ever therapy session, saying, why do you deserve a place under the sun? I think that was her phrase. Do you, you know, or maybe she said she's not questioning. She said, "You, yeah. you do deserve oh, a place right, under yeah. the sun." And I was just like, I just what? broke. I couldn't. The very idea, like, I felt really bad about myself because I never, I could never get to discussing my dad and talking about him and how yeah. I felt about losing him because I was so wrapped up in my own grief. Yeah. It's almost like your grief is different to the event of losing yes, the person. It's yeah, like you, the person going is like loss. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's like the that's the the big bang if you like. And this and the grief is the ripples afterwards and I'm so wrapped up in that I can't quite get back to that. And moment. you have that's why I do think counseling is a good thing. Obviously it's up to Pete individuals, but yeah. you have to get through all those ripples in grief to find out Oh, at the heart of this is a very lost, lonely little teenager that just basically is a bit yeah. confused at what happened to them. Yeah. But there's so much to get through. So much to get through. And to, to separate yourself from, from yourself a bit as yeah. well, which sounds like the definition of insanity. But you do have to look at it in, in an impartial way and be objective about it. And that moment that that happens, and that started to happen to me in my 20s, and that's when I was thinking of myself as getting better, much better. I did a lot of counselling then. I moved to London and then I got an amazing counsellor. And I spent, oh, you did then have proper... Yeah, like, I spent like five years going amazing. in, which was great. Uh, but it's funny people like I think if you haven't lost someone you might be like five years like yeah minimum absolute minimum <laughs> like it's, I feel That's... like I'm so at the beginning of yeah quite a big unpicking of stuff because yeah. like and it's so because obviously when a trauma happens all these decisions get made in your brain mm. especially when you're a teenager and you don't really know what you're doing yeah so I think you make a lot of quick decisions oh, that means this, that means this, yeah. therefore I'm going to do that, therefore when everyone's going to die. So nothing is safe and you can't trust anyone. Great, so yeah. door closed. And then, to, and then to yeah. throw that approach into having kids. Yeah, I mean, Because you already, anywhere, even if you're the most sane person in the world, when you have yes. kids, the cellar door's open. 
and, you, oh, and you, that is revealed to you. So if you've already got that up and running, if you've yeah. already got a very well-defined cellar, which we have, if, we have, if we've had these tragedies. So well-defined. It's, it's brilliant. I could take you through it. How do you deal... So now, oh, I feel like we're jumping over place, but it's so interesting. Sorry, How do you deal with... Yeah, me too. That's, yeah. I, maybe that, we'll blame it. Our dads are dead. That's but it's, it's a DCC thing. It's a DCC thing. That's what thing. happens. That's what happens. When you have... With the kids... So obviously my baby's very young, but mm. how do you deal, because I know you're older... Talking about granddad or grandpa? Do you yeah, talk grandpa, about him? Yeah, we do. That's good. Very matter of fact about it. Right. Initially, it was very hard. I found it very difficult. It's been hard the first time you had to properly say it. I imagine. Like. Um. Yes. Actually, was it though? I'm not sure it was the first time I said it because I felt like, in a really weird way, I felt like I was acting out a thing that I knew I'd always have to do one day. Oh, yeah. And I always yeah. knew I'd have kids, and I always knew I'd have to. I'd have to explain to my kid that the grandpa wasn't there, yeah. and it was that was fine. And and the way that he took it was beautiful. He's just like, oh, okay. Okay, so he's in Africa now. Then, <laughs> no, what? this fucking book. There's this book where Grandad dies and he goes and lives in this amazing, uh, like jungle, basically. Right. And my my son read it, and great, thanks, two months book. later, where's where's Grandpa? He's dead. So he's in Africa. Great, thanks, book. Great. Yeah, I mean, we can go with Africa if you like. <laughs> Fine, let's see Africa. Fine. Fine, but it's the it's the surprise element when they suddenly ask you about it. Yeah. What would Grandpa be like now? That's another big thing that happens. That's a whole new. Oh God! Sorry, it's really bleak, isn't it? No, no, tell me. I need but to it, it, well, it's just a whole new level of pain when you start to think how he oh, would have yeah. loved his grandkids yeah. and all I've that stuff. I hit that definitely. Yeah, and also like, what would he be doing now? Like, he'd be say he'd be seventy three, seventy four now. What would he be doing? Da, 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 da. All those questions, all yeah. that, all those hypotheticals. No matter how much you've recovered from what happened in the past, you, you're still always having to readjust the future yeah. to the fact they're not there, and that's tricky. And that's what we're talking about. The relationship changes. Even though they're gone, you have changed. So your relationship changes with the person, you know, the memory of them. So yeah. Of course, when you have kids, yeah, you start thinking them as a grandparent, as completely yeah. different. Yeah, as a completely <clears throat> different being, and which they are. All parents become they're yeah, so different as grandparents to how they are as parents. Do you have the slight anger when people have both parents and their grandparents, and they um, say things like, "Oh my, oh god, my bloody mum and dad are coming <laughs> over," and "Oh my dad got them all worked out," and I'm like, "Fuck you." Um, <clears throat> Are you just, more mature than me? Do you know what? No, it's not a mature. It's absolutely, there's one thing I'm not in that's mature in this instance. I'm trying to think why I don't have that. I think it's because I'm just so used to it now. Yeah. That it just, and part of me, there's there's a, I think it's, I don't know if it's a lie or not, but there's a story I fed myself for years and years after it happened, which was that you wouldn't be the person you are now without that event happening to you. Yeah, which I definitely think is true. Like, I always say that a lot on the show like it yeah. defines me it completely weaves yeah. its way into you and, yeah. and to to kind of like if he was still alive I would be it would be a completely different set of so yeah. I don't know so I, I honestly no I'd love to be able to go yeah dickheads because uh, I do I'm, you know but I just I, I don't only get really. it when they moan when they moan about yeah. like their parents and then they've got both do you know what I do have though this is really dark on, yeah, let's do it. really dark we're getting really dark I do have a sense, as a lot of my friends, now we get to this age, mm-hmm. our, our parents are starting to get older and parents start to become a thing you have to look after and care for. Mm-hmm. I do think, oh, thank, thank fuck, he's gone. Yeah, I know what you mean. I to have to, <laughs> yeah. nothing awful's going. I mean, that's one down. So yeah. at least that's happened. That's, I know. Because you know, like Beth's parents are, both, are like, they're young. They're yeah. in, full of life and energy. And, and the idea that one day we're going to have to go through that, I'm like, oh, Christ, well, at least I've got one down. <laughs> So bleak, isn't it? That's <laughs> no, but I know exactly what you mean because it's like my husband has lost both his parents, and, okay. and he was saying, you know, like this is done. Yeah. Like obviously, I don't, I'm not happy about. But does it. he feel a sense of? And I wish there was a better word. But is there a sense of freedom about that? Yeah, no, that because 
my mum t- my mum lost both her parents uh, like within two weeks of each other, and she oh. was very good with him. She talked to him. She said, you know, it's you feel so alone in the world, the most alone you've ever felt when you yeah. lose both, because you finally are truly alone. As but you are also you are also free of all responsibility, yeah. parental responsibility. Yeah. So it's a very strange, which is obviously I haven't experienced at all, so I can only voice what they said. But yeah. you are free of having to worry about someone. Yeah. The only the, the thing that 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 I do that has made me the, the needy performer that I am, this desire to impress him, that thing where you're like, I yeah. wish he could see this, I yeah. wish he could have seen that. That's the that's the thing that there's no cure to that and still to this day I find myself getting things like career things happen um, obviously babies and yeah. being married and all those things you do just think that, and there's there's no way you can fill that gap you can have all the family and all the friends and all the Facebook likes <laughs> you know what I mean and all the Instagram likes yeah. uh, uh, but it's such this this still this gap right in the middle and that's I don't know you, that's just something you have to manage I think that's just something you have to just because you know, uh, yeah, you you could, that's the manage is the right word. It's like yeah. we were talking about this on the Griefcast Twitter at the Griefcast sure. the other day, just saying it because someone was someone tweeted like, "Am I will will I get over this?" I think she was very fresh, yeah. fresh to the club. <laughs> it feels and, like we've turned into vampires. I know, and all the it is a bit vampire, isn't it? And all these people were like, "Yeah, you just you just get better at managing things," it's and true. it's so hard to imagine when you're in that first year. Yeah. I think especially, actually, again, I don't know if you this, I do sometimes feel sorry for people who are older. Yeah. Because the way the teenager, there's no choice, is there? You sort of don't know what's going on anyway. Yeah. And lots of stuff is done for you. You do get sent back to school. Loads of stuff happens to you when yeah. you're a teenager. As opposed to beyond then, you in theory, you start to choose what you do with your yeah. life and stuff. But at that stage, and it, and it was just, it's absolutely true. It's just another one of the things that happened to us. Yeah. And so you you rolled with it, but then after that, in your twenties and thirties and forties, you start to make life happen for yourself, and you know, um, yeah, I think that's really true. I think I think managing it's a good thing, and I also I really I I wish I hadn't spent so much time believing in the afterlife and believing in this sort of almost superstition because um, it's not it doesn't work for me. It didn't work for me, and I, I know a lot of people it does work for them. And you have to really believe in it. You have to yeah. Really, factually believe it's an actual fact that he's there waiting for you um but i didn't and i never could and i I feel like i spent too much time almost saying it's all right i'll see him eventually it's all fine and it doesn't help you get over it it doesn't help you achieve Mm. what you need to achieve which is getting on with your life i don't know it it's it doesn't close the wound up it it stays open and it stays kind of yeah it really does doesn't it because again if it works for you it works for you but i of course i know what you mean of like that you have to accept you're not going to see them. And that, like, that is it. I That's... swear to God, in my 20s, when I when I worked that out, I became, fuck it, let's put a number on it, 60, 70% happier in yeah, my life because yeah. it was sad, uh, you know. And but I then it's done. That. It's done. It's done, man. And it's I'm not gonna, like, oh, but not... when and when and why can't I? And, and yeah. I'm going to crack on with my life now, probably. Yeah. And I'm going to not be living in this in this grief but that's the point isn't it that's the sort of like nub of it all of like if you're waiting you're waiting but once you yes. know it's like a friend is like they ain't coming I don't have to hang outside Topshop waiting for them right. I can go home <laughs> they're, like, they're shopping on ASOS that, yeah, they've already got done. this somewhere else yeah. it's done that is exactly the thing it's it's happened and, and I can move on and get on with stuff and it is like there is a painful realisation there's no getting around that it, of course it's painful to be like I'm not going to see of course it hurts yeah. but then I think that's another part of grieving to accept that you can't avoid the pain. This idea that the that, that you know 
there is a balm or a solution yeah, or there, some kind yeah. of and a lot of for a lot of people the religion thing works for them you know they i know someone who's incredibly religious and he will go to funerals and he'll be like to be honest i don't think i need to come to this funeral because i'm going to see them and that oh, makes wow. me uh, that actually boils my piss because it's just you, you <laughs> yeah, have to that annoys me as well because I'm just, like oh really you're getting poked in the eye get, yeah. get poked in the eye it's going to happen and then you'll get better over time and if you if you stay in that moment where you're constantly it, it, fe- it festers it yeah. just festers and it's not the way to do it so I, that's that's one thing I wish I hadn't sort of got into already so your relationship with your mum now do you ever talk about your dad I mean, really? she like sometimes she'll bring him up, and like my brothers will talk about him, but I'm just not. I I just feel like I've done that, you know. Yeah. It's re- that sounds really harsh, but you know he would have lo- oh, he did this and stuff and all the kind of stories. I don't know, really. I just maybe I'm becoming that that repressed small town person <laughs> of just pretending. Sorry, who's that? I don't even know. My dad. I don't. What did I ever meet him? I'm not yeah. sure. You know, I just. I feel like I did a lot of that. I did a lot of that in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. Like combat trousers. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on skinny jeans now. And <laughs> and don't, I, I don't care if people think that sounds harsh. Trust me, I did my time and it was awful and horrific. And I've got to get on with stuff and, and having this life with my kids. And, Do you feel like, I wonder, I have this sometimes, like there's like this cold hand of grief. And yes. if you allow that conversation, it might drag you back. 100%. Yeah, that's oh, I have no doubt this yeah. is fear. Yeah. It's, so it's like, and I think I used to have that a lot and I've sort of decided to like immersion therapy, which is what I'm with this podcast. It's like talking about it all the time. It's not, it's not even one hand. This is both yeah, hands. Yeah, like I'm in it. I'm in it. Yeah, this. right, right. But I used to, I know that feeling of like, if I talk about it, I might go back there. I don't want to go back there. Like yeah. you're not like, you know. But what is it that we're actually scared of? What yeah, is it about there know. that you're scared of? For me, it's probably just being utterly incapable of speaking because I just cry and scream. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like almost like a primal scream thing. I think that's what it is. I think I'm scared that I'm just going <laughs> to We talked about there. that, you know, the, the scream that's just a sound. Just, or cries that are just like, <gasps> Yeah. <gasps> oh, God. Oh, and then God. you hear, your, but I used to make me laugh because I'd hear myself and go, what is that? <laughs> but, oh, no, see, the problem I had is I didn't think I cried enough. I would, I would oh, berate yeah. myself for not behaving properly. This is the problem. But you put so much pressure on yourself because you were 13 and you were an all-boys private school. Like, what the fuck did you know about expressing emotion? (laughs) Like, Still now, what do I know about it? But Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I didn't cry. I didn't... I can remember, God, there's one night when it... About a week after he died and I'm in bed and there's a picture of him and I'm looking at it. And the reason I was looking at it is because I was thinking... I, I don't know what to feel. I'm yeah. looking at this picture. And it's just some ink on a piece of paper <clears throat> that has nothing to do. I don't know what to feel. And my aunt came in. She was like, oh, God, he was your best friend. And she was hugging me. And she was, like, crying all over me. So I started crying because she was like yeah. like a yawn, like it's infectious. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so I remember sort of thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, he was my best friend. And suddenly I was reacting in it in a way that was dictated by the people. I never yeah. felt like I naturally did it myself. I just kind of... But you must have been in shock. Yeah, I think so. I think like, I still am in a way. Yeah. I don't think it's gone anyway. I think that like PTSD thing. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I definitely I definitely was in shock for a long time. How long? Uh, years. Yeah. I think I'm coming out of shock, actually. That's I what think, this is. Yeah, I think having a baby and doing the podcast yeah. is like, I feel like I'm cracking open an egg I've been living in. Yeah. And that doesn't that doesn't do down any of the experiences I've had in the egg like as in my life has been great but I've just been in an egg but hey you can have fun in an egg it's fine (laughs) like it's not but I feel like it's shock it's so shocking that your parent is there and then gone and I wonder if you have what I had because they worked away you were used to that 
Absolutely. So it like, felt like for ages they were just working somewhere. That's a huge, huge thing. Yeah. The weekends would come and I go like, oh yeah, he's not here. Oh, it's Monday again. Never mind. Yes. Huge thing. He and was away, so I never saw him anyway. Like we'd, we'd speak on the phone quite a lot. Yeah. But, so and so and that was a huge part of why I felt guilty because I wasn't sitting there crying, going, "Where's my dad?" to do my yeah. bedtime story. He never did that anyway. Exactly. Exactly. If you haven't had that relationship anyway. No. Which is why I'm now so. Are like, you? Are you like? Oh my god, it? my poor children. Bedtime <laughs> <laughs> stories. I'm in the bed yeah, with yeah. you. Please leave me alone, Daddy. It's getting to that stage. He's only five, my oldest, and he's already going. Please stop this, Daddy. Um, but yeah. I, I for a long time, I remember well, at least six months afterwards, people asking me how I felt, and me just saying, "Just feels like he's away." Because yeah. a lot of at the least time, you were that, at least you were that tuned into it. At least you could say that. Well, again, I was 15. I was a girl. I wasn't at private boarding yeah, school. Yeah. My dad went to a private boarding school. That's why I think I know. Like that mentality. And that's why he was so needy with you to love him. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Turn. Oh, and like all, he had two older brothers. Right. They all went to the same boarding school. And yeah, like my fat, they were very repressed. Yeah. Welsh middle class oh, family. God, this is ridiculously similar. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, the funny thing about my dad is that my, so the year before he died, my mum lost both her parents right. within two weeks of each other. That's horrific. How? Um, Oh, my granddad, I think my granddad had a heart attack and basically they'd been together for years and years and years. My granny just literally gave up. Like she's proper broken hearted. Just went, I'm not living here without him. Yeah, it was very, but you know, they went together and all the things you say, but my mum was crying and my dad said to my mum about two weeks afterwards, I think you should be over it by now. (laughs) God, did you see him say that? I didn't. My mum's told me about it since. But he, this is what I think is so interesting. He'd never had a death. No. So he fucking died. He didn't really know. He, like, both his parents were alive. He only had one death. And yeah, that was... and it was his. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So he said to my, my mum was like, oh, I think, I, I think I'm still upset about it. He was like, well, when my parents go, I won't be upset. They lived a good life. He wow. had no understanding of grief. And then here I am, his daughter, like, obsessed oh with gosh. grief and understanding yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But I think... Oh, I've completely gone off topic. No, but like, no, no, no. It's you're, you know, you're in, you're in shock because yeah. somebody was not around very much. So your work, your domestic world didn't change. My domestic world didn't really Absolutely change. Absolutely not. The domestic world didn't change at all. Yeah. My domestic world, as it was before, was pretty yeah. shit anyway. Yeah. But that just kind of carried on. Yeah. And do you I, feel he would be proud, or do you feel like? I think he. So okay. So because of the way I'm feeling towards my dad at the moment, which might well change in five years' sure. time, because yeah, of the yeah. way the place I'm at with him at the moment is I don't care what he thinks because mm. I am cross with him. I am, yeah, I, so so in terms of would he be proud or not, I, I just don't care. I'm sick of it at the moment. I'm sick of that may sense I, of having to project what he is in my head. May I cod psychoanalyse you? A hundred percent help yourself. I wonder, because you were 13. Yeah. You were a child. You were really, that's not really a teenager. It's a It's a child. Yeah. So you've had child grief for ages, and it sounds to me like you've hit teenage, teenage grief. Because I my feel like God, I'm, so I'm going through, I'm ending my teenage grief, and I'm, get, I feel like I'm getting into much more. And this sounds patronising. You're saying like, your grief is more mature than yeah, my grief. exactly. No, but I feel like because I've been 15 for, for you know 20 years. I've been 15 for 20 years. Oh my I've gosh. Been, I don't care what you think. Fuck you. I don't care. Yeah. I've been careless. He was an idiot anyway. Oh, you know. And now I am having to let go of the teenage me. Yeah. And move it forward. And I think that's what we, we were talking about, like grief keeps moving. But the thing that they often say about kids is you freeze at that age. Oh, my God. I thought I had a superior grief to you. <laughs> and I really um, feel like you've just... Actually, 
I think that, what's happened is... In that moment of card psychoanalysis, which is absolutely bang on. Yeah, because also I tell myself at 13 I was a, a teenager, but I wasn't. I was a 10-year-old, no, no. basically. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, and so you've kind of wide-eyed and what's happened. But now you're absolutely right. Yeah, the, the way I am towards him at the moment is... 100% teenage. But you never got like... to be a teenager to him. No, I didn't. So now you're doing oh it. God. Like that's thing, I never got to be an adult with him. So it's, yeah. I find it, as I become, as I start forming an adult relationship with him in my head, it's very alien. And that I would say that's past year of having yeah. therapy, having a baby and having to go, you're a mum, you can't keep thinking, you won't, didn't talk to me. <laughs> like, because now I'm thinking, oh, it is hard having kids, isn't it, actually? Yeah. And that, or maybe yeah. that's why he was... God, I can see why he was tired. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I would say uh, to counteract that that I have some really good reasons. Oh yeah, no, don't. Like, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, yeah, you, what yeah. you said is absolutely bang on. But um, the, the, as you said about having kids, yeah, having my kids has project has, has pushed me into that teenage phase with yeah, it because I'm yeah, like, it pushes you on. I know how to do this, and I'm doing this better than you did it. Yeah. Well, that's so, what my brother said. He had that really. He was like, I can't believe what he did sometimes. Whereas I feel like I'm more, more losing the anger because yeah. I've been angry for so long. Yeah. God, I, you were, angry is not an emotion I would oh, ever put on my God. your carry That's no, so exactly. weird. Exactly. And that's, but if my brother heard that, he'd laugh. He'd be like, she's he knows so the truth. angry. Yeah, she's yeah. So, such an angry person. Wow. <clears> just I like would... a really well cloaked punk. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so weird. I it's am, so funny. Yeah. I'm a very the, the level of fire inside yeah. is which I'm di- I am now I do think getting better at but my god if you it's very easy to get stoked. <laughs> so do, like with the anger stuff because I had big anger problems as well yeah. big anger I had to go through a lot of uh, like yeah, yeah like I would just I'd be starting fights with people at gigs and stuff like that not when I was on stage when I was at the back of the room and I couldn't <laughs> see like mad properly mad. Um, do you and I, my anger is oh god that's one of the things I'm most grateful to therapy for actually compared mm. to where I was when I was 25 like yeah, I just, just don't have it I, yeah. I, I had like smashed up printers because they didn't work which is pretty fair enough because printers not working oh my years. god I'd smash things teeth yeah. marks in my steering wheel yeah from buying a steering yeah. wheel like I mean really. I can't drive but yeah teeth marks in things swearing things that if something doesn't work for you that's a, that really surprises that's me a, is that funny because yeah. that's how I feel it's like what do people see because like to it, my, if you ask my husband or my family they'll be like my mum and brother once sat me down and said we're afraid of you and you need to stop your anger like wow. they didn't have the anger does it still flash up now oh god yeah like it is a, like it's yeah I have to really be like whew. Because okay. that's how I learnt to deal with things is, and my big thing with the anger, definitely at fifteen, if I'm angry, I'm not, I'm not crying. Yeah. So it keeps people away. And anger is a form of control. Yeah. You can, you can control that emotion, and you, it's exactly. malleable somehow. You can push it and around. When I was and at school, and I wanted, I was in a classroom thinking, well, I can't, I don't know what, I want to bore my eyes out, and yeah. what my life is falling apart. Oh, it's easier to throw a chair. God, that's so true. And then they go, then they kick you out of the classroom. They don't ask you any questions. Amazing. Amazing. So well, send, send me to the library. Is that right? Yeah. She's being troublesome. Why is she being troublesome? I don't yeah. know. She's scared to the <laughs> well, library. Well, they would try. They'd be like, well, we know something's going on. So if you want to talk about it. So did anyone sort of grab onto you when your dad died? Did anyone say, listen, no. I want to talk to you. I'm going to talk to you every day. And I'm no. going to bother you. I'm going to phone Because that's no. what you would do. That's what you And that you makes do. me want to cry a little bit now. Yeah. Like, I, maybe they tried. And maybe I, was un, I wasn't in the place where I wanted to hear it. But I definitely didn't. I really thought, film, like Hollywood film-wise, yeah. some older person would come along Robin Williams in Goodwill Hunting Robin Williams who was going to help me yeah. and I they didn't my mum was amazing my mum really, really yeah she was like she really kept me and my brother as much as possible on wow. the straight and narrow but like yeah 
I, there wasn't anybody who was like, oh, maybe listening to this, somebody will be really upset. But I, okay, I'll call it. My dad had a lot of male friends who were yeah. there when he was sick and then weren't really there. Mm. And I found that really hard because they sort of, yeah. they when he was sick, they were like, they didn't say I'm going to be your dad like you had. But yeah. I in my head, I was like, you'll do, you'll yeah. do. I can come to you. Yeah, no, not so much. Went. We had that. We had, um, my dad got loads of letters because <clears throat> this, you know, this he was an institutional guy. He was, he was involved in big institutions and we got a load of... Um, uh, are they bereavement letters or whatever? Yeah, and yeah. just like, we made this massive folder full of them. And I can remember going through them and like, some really, uh, names that I recognise as a 13-year-old in there. He used to be on Newsnight and stuff like that. If wow. you, anyone watched Newsnight in the <laughs> late 80s, early 90s, and there was a man with really bad buck teeth, really terrible teeth my dad had. Uh-huh. That was my dad. Um, and I can remember flicking through these letters. Again, the numbness, just going through it, going, I, I, uh, wow, these are beautiful things they're saying about my dad and how clever he was and what an important man he was. This means, these are bits of paper. This yeah. means nothing. Why am I not feeling anything? I should be feeling proud. I don't feel proud. But of course you don't feel proud because no. in your head he hasn't gone yet. No. That's so, right. It was like two weeks after he'd died. Exactly. Well, he's just on a long trip to Brussels. Like, yeah, you, you can't be, like, you're talking about like, this Zen nature of like, ah, oh, my dad is dead and I'm proud he was a great man. Like, at 13, 15, you're just like, what? Oh. That's how I felt constantly. What? What just happened? <laughs> so what? true. I, I could I could not what? put a better word on it. That's like, genius. What? I basically spent my teenage years going, sorry, what? Yeah, that's how I felt for what? so long. What? what? Just... Sorry, can so, someone just do that again? I'm going through a lot of uh, emotions, not really emotions, but yeah. what was... What? Can we just go one more time? Just go back. It's so <laughs> true. And um, I can remember, God, the thing, going back to my brother's wedding three weeks oh my after my dad had died and we're it's in uh, it's, the sea, it's at the seaside I can remember standing on the shore and my brother bollocking me <gasps> because oh I no. was being grumpy oh bollocking no. me take, tearing shreds off me because I was being moany and being sarcastic about everything I was like because, and again that's defence that's defence yeah well that's why when you were saying just now yeah, about going to the like, angry I, place I'm afraid if I cry I might not stop crying that's but right. if I'm sarcastic and angry guess what everyone gets pissed off with you and leaves you alone and yeah. you're like amazing they left me alone oh no don't leave me alone <laughs> don't just leave me guys, guys, can you, guys can't you just put up with me being sarcastic and, of course, and angry his bollocking I think people recognise the pain, but they don't know what to do. So they bollock you for stuff and give you shit because they're trying to say, I don't know how to help you. No, I know. I, I don't, don't know what to, to do you. with you. Yeah, I don't There's know what nothing to say. I can do. But that's the, that comes back to it. You know, what we were saying earlier on. There's nothing, there is no, no solution to this. Anything. You just have to get through it. And then over time, all these wonderful things open up, like talking to people, like things like yeah. this. And, and that's amazing. And that's, that is a genuine balm to it. But in the yeah. instant, and in the, in, in the initial moment when it's fresh, it's just awful yeah i'm really sorry but but you know <laughs> no, but fresh is and i think that's what we again we talk so much about on the show and on the twitter of like it does change that awful yes. bit doesn't last forever mm. and i think that's all you can offer to someone if like it won't feel like this forever it won't it, and i'm not saying it it won't ever go away it won't magically not be painful yeah but it won't feel like that because i think that first year especially when you're a kid is just like yeah. What the fuck do you do with those? Like, yeah. as you said, there's people who lose their parents in their 30s and 40s that can't handle it. How can a 13 year old boy who, who like you said, isn't, you're, te- you're still a child, yeah. how can you deal with it? I, I just, yeah. It's, it's not possible. And it's not possible. And yeah, to not be able to deal with it and then spend so much time afterwards going, I'm not sure I dealt with that in the best way. I well, think of course I, you did. I think I might be a massive wanker. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely a massive wanker. And that's what I basically thought. I mean, I still do think that. But I basically thought, really, I really meant it as well for a good 15 years yeah. after it happened. I just thought, I am such a fucking dickhead for not doing it properly. 
Oh, it's so oh. harsh. That's such a harsh reading yeah. of a situation. I know, but that's just... Like, and I, I know this is... Okay, this might be really awful, but I feel like we're going there. Like, if it happened to your son, when, if you can imagine him, mm. you would never think you you didn't deal with it. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, like, you God. just want to be like, oh, you don't know what you're no. doing, you're a baby. Yeah. You're a baby. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. And I think if you didn't have someone do that to you, this is what I've done, you have to do it to yourself. Yeah. You have to hug that little person and go, you were a baby, yeah. you didn't know what you were doing. It's taken me a lot of time yeah. to be able to look at that person and see them separately and see. I How do you feel it. when you see pictures of you? Many of you. I, I don't care about your dad because I see pictures of my dad and I'm like, yeah, that's my dad. I know that yeah, those pictures are like in yeah. my retina. But when I see pictures of me at the time. I feel very strange because I, I saw a picture of me smiling the other day about 16 and I thought, why are you smiling? Like, why? what was going on? Like on a school trip. Okay. And I just looked, I think what I thought was, God, I look like a really normal teenager apart from my my goth look <laughs> i think you'll find normal teenagers <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um but yeah i just and that's what i feel a bit like you wouldn't know anything was going on which was entirely my intention but i sort of thought god i wish maybe i wish i hadn't been so good at yeah. performing yeah <laughs> hiding which of course yeah and now i do character comedy yeah uh, it's really it's uh, all there this so, is all making yeah. sense We've how unlocked. do you feel then when you see that um it depends what i mean it depends the picture i see there's there's the pictures of us at that wedding i look at and i'm just like oh my god yeah i look like I've, i actually look like i've just taken a beating like it's of course, and you literally have yeah and then i like you say then i see pictures later on and i look like you know, look like a teenager. Yeah. Very poor choice in glasses. <laughs> Any teenagers listening and you're choosing glasses right now, please be careful because you can make some bad you can make some bad decisions that will, will haunt you for the rest of your life. Um but but yeah, I just look at a kid having a normal time at school and I just think, Oh my god, I know that like there's pictures from school plays, I'm like, Fuck, I remember that night. I remember going back after that play and just not even crying, just mm. feeling desperate. Yeah. Really desperate and there was no one there. And, and you're looking at that moment where I'm doing a play, bowing or something at the end, everyone's clapping, and I'm like, mm, that's, that's, you know. And what do you what do you wish, like, if you could meet a 13-year-old now who's going through it, what would you think that they... I just think... Uh, it, you need to... You need great people. I sound like a... <laughs> kind of getting some new employees find some great people for your business you need you need to get really good people and mm. you're going to get you need people to bother you and to yeah. keep at you and and communicate with you and just communicate and even if you think that person's a dick and you think you don't need to just communicate and don't turn it in on yourself basically I think that's what I would say and maybe that would be yeah I, I, that's I so turned on myself which yeah. is a hard concept to explain to a 13 year old really it's probably not helpful but just I would say just like talk to people and it's such a cliche I wish I had something less cliche to offer there's so much cliche in grief it's so annoying I mean Everything unfortunately you say, the reason they all exist the reason they are they, yeah. what else can you say it's yeah. cliche cast that's what this is <laughs> and, but I would say just like find that person and and that person is going to call you every day and they're yeah. going to see you every day and have contact I, would, I guess the other thing I'd say is for God's sake cry and just scream and gnash your teeth and do all those things yeah. I didn't do that enough and I don't think I let that out yeah. you know, I think I needed to do some good graveside wailing but if I wanted to yeah. do it now it just would, it would look odd well you, yeah you can't you can't drag it out of you well that's the other thing but... my therapist told me I should write him a letter and put it in his grave and I was like oh god I don't think I'm yeah, do you know, know what I mean I don't, that, yeah. it's just it's a bit, a bit like... I can't imagine sitting there to write a letter even now it's like, and I'm pretty in touch with my emotions yeah, about yeah. this whole thing but the idea of going 
well, it's been a busy year. <laughs> like like one of those round robin, but for the last 25 years. I feel well. Um, uh, I'm fine. <laughs> haven't seen you for a while. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but, so I wouldn't necessarily go that far, but I would, yeah, latch on to someone who you can trust. And yeah, just, just yeah. go for it. Tom, thank you so much for coming in to talk to us about your dad, Dickie. Or Dick, should I say? Well, I don't know, really. <laughs> Either will do. I mean, yeah. It's not a work context. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I can't remember which one was which. I'm sure I got it wrong. <laughs> My dad, uh, yeah, yeah, Richard. Richard. No one ever called him that. No one ever called him that. <laughs> Depending on if you knew him, if you knew him from work, Dicky. If you were a friend from Monmouth, Dick. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. You can follow Tom on Twitter at Price Tom. You can listen to the leak on the BBC Wales website, or you can listen to Tom regularly on Magic FM. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at thegriefcast or email thegriefcast at gmail.com. Music was provided by the Glue Ensemble and the show was edited by Kate Holland with thanks to Whistledown Studios. And remember, you are not alone. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com